Profile series. I'm your host, Matt Hicks, the FF educator, joined by John Lobb, the gridiron scholar, to talk about Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. We're going to talk about the film. We're going to talk about the stats. We're going to talk projections here over the course of the next 10 or so minutes. So, John, let's waste no time and get into this highly divisive quarterback prospect. I really want to like Will Levis. He's from the state of Connecticut. I had wanted him to go to UConn because I always follow the state of Connecticut high school players. I think if the program wants to succeed, they have to bring in this type of recruit from our state. Unfortunately, he didn't go to Connecticut. Two years ago, I wrote about him when he started to pop for Kentucky in my college fantasy football waiver wire column. He was producing great at the college level for the Wildcats. So I do want to like this young man, but I have my concerns. In high school, he was a three-star prospect and the number two player in Connecticut. He was named the Hartford Currents Offensive Player of the Year, and he had lettered in basketball. So we had a two-sport star in the state of Connecticut at the most important position on the field, arguably. He, however, enrolls at Penn State. He played in 2019 and 2020 behind Sean Clifford. So he never broke the ceiling for the Nittany Lions to beat out Sean Clifford, which is a story for another day, my friends. At Penn State, he was 61 for 102 throwing the football for 644 yards and a three to two touchdown to interception ratio. There's not really much to see or love on the Nittany Lions highlight reel. If you want to go back, you can take a look. I did see some of his throws. He ends up entering the transfer portal, and he ends up at Kentucky, Matt. And as I mentioned in 2021, he really begins to shine. He was twice named the FBS National Offensive Player of the Week. He was the two-time Manning Award Player of the Week honored as the Walter Camp Connecticut Player of the Year, and he logged 3,202 yards of total offense. He was the seventh player in Kentucky history to surpass 3,000 yards in a season. He was great in 2021. There is nothing I can say other than I had some concerns about processing and other, you know, I thought at times he was inconsistent, but overall the body of work was impressive. If you don't know, he's also a student in the classroom. He was first-year SEC academic honor roll, so he is a very smart young man. In 2022, he was named Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Top 10. But Matt, everyone needs to watch the film. There are some major red flags and concerns when I watch the film. It was not impressive in 2022. Now, the team changed around him which happens in college football, Matt. If you watch enough college football, we know there's a lot of turnover sometimes on the field. 
As a starter at Kentucky, he finished his stellar career with a 17-7 and record, and he was a two-time team captain for the Wildcats. He's sixth on Kentucky's all-time passing yardage list with 5,233 passing yards. He totaled 43 career touchdowns, which is fifth on the program's list. He accounted for 54 total touchdowns as a Wildcat, 43 passing and 11 rushing. He's the third quarterback in history with at least four games of 365-plus passing yards for Kentucky. So you see this massive ceiling. But, Matt, I have my concerns that I'll talk about later. But what does your film study say about Will Levis? John, the reason folks are excited is because he comes with the ideal frame for the NFL. He's got the height, he's got the size, and he's got a big arm, and he can run. So you kind of you check a lot of boxes on the surface, but of course we're digging much deeper than the surface. It starts with his big arm, John. I mean, he can sling it downfield. It doesn't matter. You know, you need him to put it 60 yards downfield. Will Levis is going to get it done. So the arm strength is unquestionable, and he does translate that into good velocity. You know, he has a sharp zip on the ball through the midfield. So in the short field, in the midfield, you know, that does carry forward. It's not just somebody who can bomb the ball deep. And he is a physical runner, John. You know, he did gain yards consistently for Kentucky in terms of being able to scramble, in terms of being able to work designed runs. I do want to put Will Levis into the context of, you know, a guy like Anthony Richardson, who we've talked about on a previous rookie profile. Uh, Will Levis is not going to burn anybody on the ground with his speed, right? He's not a pure runner, but he is physical. He's willing to engage and he's fast enough and he can move laterally enough. But he's not going to be like a pure scrambler, like, you know, for the NFL, somebody like Kyler Murray, right? He's going to be more kind of in that Josh Allen type mold. Now, John, in the past, we've been criticized in our rookie profiles because folks have said we we didn't talk about the weaknesses enough. So don't worry. I got us covered on this episode. All right. <laughs> well, we're talking about Will Levis. We're talking about a passer who struggles with decision making. Consistently, we saw Levis extend the play too long, force the ball into double, triple coverage. Uh, he consistently leads his wide receivers into hits. John, that is something I hate to see on <laughs> You can see it consistently, right? One, that's not going to make you any friends in the NFL. But second, it shows poor anticipation. When you're consistently leading your wideouts into, you know, getting smacked or getting blindside hit right when they catch the ball, John, that's not a good uh, that's not good reading of the defense. And he does struggle to process. You could see Will Levis, especially in his 2022 tape, that first read isn't there, and he takes off, John. He abandons the pocket very quickly, which tells me, you know, you could blame it on the offensive line. You could blame it on what you want. But it, to me, it shows a lack of pocket awareness, and it also shows an inability to progress downfield. Now, John, it's interesting with his mechanics because this is something that you look on 2021 tape, the mechanics look a lot better than 2022, oh, right? Wow. But in 2022, they're inconsistent, and you can see that inconsistency is really affecting his accuracy. It's really affecting his ball placement. So maybe you sit here and say, well, you just put him behind a good offensive line, and all the problems are fixed. 
Well, John, a lot of quarterbacks don't play against or don't play behind good offensive lines in the NFL. So it's not as simple of a solution there. So Will Levis, you know, like I said, on the surface, you understand why folks are excited about him. But when you dig into it here, there's enough red flags to really kind of make you pause moving forward with the idea of selecting him to your fantasy football roster. But John, let's see how the numbers bear it out. I do watch football games and grade players throughout the game, especially the quarterback position, Matt. And to me, this is why film and live football matters. One thing, if you watch games with Will Levis, Matt, he gets flustered. And he allows the outcome and the lack of offensive movement of the football to bother him. One of the jobs of the NFL quarterback, just in 45 years of watching football, you must remain calm. There is a reason why Joe Montana was Joe Cool. Joe Burrow is the new Joe Cool. Will Levis does not have that. I've seen him throw helmets. I've seen him get mad. Like, throw. he's not Tom Brady yet, right? Like, Tom Brady can get mad with seven Super Bowl rings. Okay. You can do that, young sir. Will Levis is that, and that impacts your ability to lead the team on the field. So what would that tell me as a defensive coordinator, Matt? I'm going to blitz living heck out of this young man, and I'm going to hit him. So that's a major problem. And if you don't watch the full game, because you need to see that on the sidelines, right? That happened a lot. Granted. Kentucky was overmatched, but that's the quarterback's job. My production model says he's good, not great. I have a second round grade on him. I'm not going to go into frame and all that. You're absolutely right, Matt. That's what people see and love about him. 32 games played. So I do like the threshold, Matt. He's exceeded the amount of experience that I'm looking for. But, Matt, look at the red flag of touchdown-to-interception ratio, 46-25. to 25. Let me repeat that, everyone. 46-25. to 25. I'm just going to put it kindly. That's very bad. His passing efficiency, Matt, in the modern NFL or in the modern college game, I'm looking at a 155 benchmarks. He's almost 10 points behind it at 145. Passing yards per attempt, I'm looking for eight. He just hits it at eight. The, the one factor that my, also my model likes, he's 14% rushing equity. He's clearly the modern dual threat quarterback. Matt, what should fantasy fans know about Will Levis? Here's what's going to make Will Levis an even more confusing fantasy football player to draft. Because, John, there is a legitimate chance he goes in the top 10 in the NFL draft. From everything we're hearing, the NFL front offices here are interested in him. At least two, right? We're hearing Indianapolis. We're hearing Las Vegas. Both of those teams are picking within the top 10. And it only takes one. That's one of the things you have to keep in mind when you're measuring draft capital, right? If only one team in the top 10 likes him, then it's still top 10 draft capital, right? So if the Colts take him at four because they love him, then he's a top four player. If the Colts were picking 15 and nobody wanted him before that, then he wouldn't be a top 15 or top 10 player, right? So you got to keep that in context. But nonetheless, in this year's draft, 
I'm expecting that he's a top 10 NFL draft selection. I say all the time, John, draft capital is an important thing. It's not the only thing. With his ADP projection, I do think this divisiveness, this this, um, lack of consensus around him, even in super flex leagues, will push him to the bottom of the first round. Consistently in the rookie big board patron mock drafts that we've been doing in the Discord, uh, he's been going late first round. So I'm going to have his ADP projection here reflect that 108 to 1-2. My current projection on him, which is heavy on draft capital, because draft capital means opportunity. And whenever there's opportunity, even if we don't love the prospect, we have to proceed with keeping an open mind, right? So I do have him as a low-end weekly starter, which for fantasy football purposes, John projects him out to be about quarterback 20 to 24. So certainly still somebody to roster in super flex leagues. And I'm comparing that value to Mac Jones, right? But for different reasons, Mac Jones is somebody who's sitting in that same range. He's maybe a little uh, less inspiring, you know, in terms of his ceiling, but he's somebody who kind of plugs in and projects as the second quarterback or hopefully the third quarterback uh, if you have a good Superflex roster. And I think Will Levis, in terms of Dynasty ADP, will start in that same level. John, I use a scale for exposure to give folks an idea of how excited I am about a player. It's low, mid, high. But for Will Levis, my exposure to him is just going to be nah, because it's not happening. I'm not going to have exposure to Will Levis. I understand if you're into him, but I'm simply not going to have him on my fantasy football rosters. If you're enjoying the rookie profile series you're going to want to make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board get in on that discord i referenced earlier you can mock draft with us you get access to the rookie big board draft guide you get to ask me and john questions chop it up about this class and as always we appreciate you checking out this episode of the rookie big board (laughs) 